Hi, everyone. I hope you're having a great start to your week. I'm going to make this really quick because I have to turn my AC off to record without background noise, and it's really hot here. So I want to make a quick announcement that next Tuesday, June 26th, I'm running a free webinar at 8 p.m. Eastern Time, U.S. It's called Reconnect to Your Body Through Dance and Movement. It's going to be about an hour long, and I'm going to guide you through movement-based exercises to help you trust your instincts and conquer visibility fears and prevent or really resolve self-sabotage. And so it's going to be um, a combination of a presentation and live guided experiences. So yes, I'll be there live. I can answer your questions and I can even help you translate what your body's communicating to you at that moment. So we'll also have a little chat box where we'll be able to interact with each other and the rest of the participants. And um, it's going to be really great. A lot of people are signed up already. And if you're interested in signing up, even if you can't make it live, um, sign up so you get the recording. And I'm going to paste that link in the podcast notes below for you to sign up if you're interested. So I hope to see you there. And I want to quickly introduce our podcast guest today. Her name is Mary McHale. She is going to provide us a a different approach to mind, body, soul healing um, as she is takes more of the spiritual with um, yoga and meditation techniques and different approaches. And today we're specifically talking about kundalini. And um, I've personally been curious about Kundalini for a while, and she does a really great job of describing the Kundalini force that is inside every single one of us and how to awaken it and also awaken it with caution. So here it is. This is Mind Your Body, a dance movement therapy perspective on the integration of our emotional, cognitive, physical, and spiritual aspects of our being into one more aware and whole existence. My name is Mary McHale, and I live in Australia, and I work with conscious relationships, um, and I help people awaken to the truth of their heart rather than the societal shadow. I also work with Kundalini and Shakti and healing and healing the body, mind and heart and soul. That all sounds really nice. I don't know if I know exactly what that all means. <laughs> um, do you think there there's some layman's terms of what what that is? Like, how do you help people? What are their goals? So basically, I help them awaken to the truth of their heart. So rather than so, I help raise the vibration of love for them when they come to me. I look into what's happening for them emotionally, sexually, um, physically, spiritually, energetically. I look at a multidimensional, I look at them and I speak to them about how they are living their life in, in the fullness of all aspects of who they are as a human being. Um, and then from there we start looking at what's not working for them, what is not in alignment for them. You know, are they, for example, are they working you know, in a job that they absolutely can't stand, then they're in a relationship that they love. Like we just kind of look at an alignment, an all-rounded alignment for them in their life. And how do you work with the body? Like where's the body's place in all of this for you? For me, the body actually carries all the memories. So it carries the cells, carries the memories, carries the intelligence. 
the body for me is last. So I look at, I've worked with people with cancer, I've worked with people with bipolar, schizophrenia, um, all types of illness and how it actually manifests is in the body. In my experience, the body is actually the last vessel to experience disease or discomfort. So I kind of reverse the process. I look at what's going on for them emotionally, what's going on for them um, what, what are their thoughts like? What, what are their stories like? What are the programs that they're holding on to? Um, where are they creating blocks for themselves in their life and how is that manifesting in the body? And so how I work with the body, once I kind of like de-armour, um, is through breath work. So I do there's, – there's a lot of breath work that we do together um, and then also uh, through movement, so body movement, um, just so that we can release through the breath. I find that a lot of people don't breathe properly. They hold on to their breath, mm-hmm. and so they're not receiving the vital energy in their body. It's actually not moving all the way from their base center or their sex center all the way through. They're actually capping it, maybe not even at the heart level. They're just shallow breathing. Um, so I work with them on how to actually receive that breath and really fully embody that breath and, and move that through. Um, I call it, I don't know if you understand the word chakra, but I work with chakras and meridians mm-hmm. and energy bodies. So we move the breath through the energy bodies and the emotional body um, and kind of look at where it's stuck. And so I also use touch or tapping just to kind of look into releasing some of those blocks for them physically. And um, I also do a little bit, not massage, but I also do a little bit of circular movement just to help with, um, yeah, channeling channeling the breath and channeling the energy mm. into their physical bodies. Um, what happens, though, so I'm not a massage therapist and I don't do any, any yoni massage or anything like that, but I, I follow the breath. I am a soul worker, um, is... When the breath starts moving in the body, you, you see where there is a block and normally that releases. So I have people um, coughing, crying, vomiting, um, wow. all types of very, you know, it can be very gentle and it can actually also be quite um, powerful, quite, quite potent um, purge for them. So there's, yeah, there's different... So we do dance, we do body movement, we do breath of fire that I've developed, um, which is actually like what I just explained to move the breath through the emotional portals in the body. Um, And then I have people come in and do yoga with them. So whether it's Kundalini yoga, yoga nidra, um, just so that some of those energies can actually also release from the body. So there's different ways to deal with it. I like unravel. I like undressing people. (laughs) So it's more about, you know, um, tell me. I like learning a little bit more about them, learning about what they're carrying inside that they haven't dealt with, that they've really suppressed, denied, shamed, um, so that we can start emptying out and creating more fluidity in the body, more ease, more flow, um, more freedom, and that allows more expansion for them. Um, in so many ways, it allows for better, healthier, more fulfilled relationships, more fulfilled, more healthier, more loving relationship with their body. Because a lot of times they're very hard on their body as well. Um, and I have people coming in who, 
need healing, but they're hard on their body. They've come in and, and they're kind of like, okay, I need a healing. I need to heal this. I need to get rid of this. And even the way that they're speaking to, to their bodies is a, is not a very, you listen to the way that they speak to it. You can actually hear that they have almost an abusive relationship with their body where they're expecting it to work for them rather than collaboratively moving to a partnership where they are in unison together. So, um, so yeah, it's, it's, it's really looking at the basic fundamental relationship that they have with their deeper self, like their, their emotional self, their mental self, their physical self, their spiritual self, and how connected are they to the world that they live in? Mm-hmm. How connected are they to their breath? How connected are they to nature, uh, to other people, um, to their intimate relationships? Yeah, it's, it's just more about each individual unique person and what I need to do for them. I don't have a, a particular set way. It's all very intuitive. Right. Yeah. So I'm wondering if we can talk about Kundalini specifically and how you help people (laughs) through that approach. Um, It's a really, really big um, topic to speak about. So I'll, I'll give you what I know, and if you can ask me specific questions, I can um, answer them to the best of my ability. Um, Kundalini is an energy, it's a primordial energy that lays dormant at the back of the spine. It's a Hindi word for um, snake, coiled snake, serpent. And the Chinese call it chi. The Chinese call it um, a life force. The Hindus call it Kundalini. So it is a primordial force and energy um, that once awakened basically allows the person who is experiencing the force of nature to um, awaken. So it's not something, so if if you're not um, practicing consciousness, if you're not practicing working with energy, if you're not harnessing that through yoga, through meditation, through um, sacred dance, it's very difficult to cultivate that energy. Um, and so it's, yeah, it's um, it can either heal you and change your life phenomenally and basically just, it's, yeah, it's one of the most powerful things that I've ever experienced. And if you suppress it, you like I've seen people end up in psychiatric wards, they um, go through, there, there are some episodes of psychosis. It can be too fast, too soon, too quick. You mean if they awaken or, it and it's too intense? It's too intense and they don't know what they're doing. Let me, let me ask you a question so that I can um, answer it based on what you're looking for. Mm-hmm. What interests you about Kundalini? <laughs> I'm just, um, and then let me answer it based on that mindset for you yeah I mean what you've just described is a little bit of what I already know like what what is this life force what is it how does it exist and yes what does it mean to awaken it you know Mm. what does that mean where does it go you know I don't know I I don't think I have a specific (laughs) it's just it's mysterious and fascinating to me and it's uh, makes me wonder about my own, you know, my own body and my own life force. And is that awakened? And how would I know? 
So yes, this gorgeous. Okay. <laughs> um, Kundalini is not something that you are able to grasp in the mind. So it isn't something that can be used to help your body awaken purely on a one-dimensional frequency. It, it doesn't work like that. It's life force energy. You, The person needs to have a – and it lives inside of you. So if you – believe that we are all <laughs> that we are all connected and kind of bound together by this mysterious matrix called life this web of life and that everything around you is a living breathing organism of consciousness whether it be the earth or a flower seed the sun the stars everything is created and when you breathe through your practice so I'm not sure if you do yoga or meditation or any anything to awaken, you know, your body, your cells, your spirit. When the person practices enough to breathe that consciousness into themselves, what they are doing is they're receiving the connection that they are. You kind of begin to cultivate more of that presence, that consciousness into your body, which when that is activated, so there's a part of you, it's just really difficult to explain, there's a part of you that actually is connected to the stream of consciousness, which is the stream of everything. And when that is connected, it almost plugs into itself. So you're activated, your soul, your body, your mind, your chakras, which are the energetic wheel of life that um, that move around you. When that is activated, it acts everything is activated so that you have no choice in the matter. The kundalini or that life force, that chi, the vital energy will move through you. It's almost, and you step out of the way. There's, the mind cannot control the process. <clears throat> and, in fact, the what I've seen is when the mind tries to control the process, the kundalini, the energy is suppressed because it's not free. So it's like the mind has to step out of the way to bring in a level of freedom, if you like, to breathe in a level, completely surrender. The mind needs to completely surrender in order to experience this flow of energy. Is that and happening in the moment or is that happening for the rest of your life? It, so your kundalini is your life force. So it's your matrix. It's your cosmology. If there is a part of you that... And if it's life force, it's everything anyway. So once it's activated, it just becomes aware in your blood flow. So your consciousness and the flow of energy from within you basically starts moving to help to, to help you manifest whatever it is that you want to manifest in your life. So generally speaking, it's forever. You can't press it off. It's mm -hmm. once it's activated, once it's on, it's on. But what you learn to do is what well, it teaches you and you learn to work with it. So I'm going to give you a very practical, very basic example. Great. I was just going to ask. Um, yeah. So, for example, if you have a um, fear of letting people in or if you have a fear of vulnerability or if you have a fear of breaking up with someone because, you know, you've been with them for so long and, you know, what about the kids and, whatever it is. So it's a very, very basic example. So you have any of those fears and you experience a kundalini awakening, so that force, that life force is within you, it will 
be experienced through you in two ways. One, it allows you to transcend your fear and actually um, move away from that patterning, from that program, from, from whatever it is that's preventing you from experiencing the fullness of your life. So it, it will have to do that because if, if you don't allow it to flow, it'll block in your body and it won't feel good. It'll block until it's resolved because its main purpose is to help you awaken. Its main purpose is to release all the blocks physically in the body but physically in your external world mm-hmm. as well. It's- so because the physical world is not, is not separate to the external world, so it will begin to unravel you emotionally, psychologically, physically so that you deal with whatever it is that you need to deal with in relationship with yourself and in relationship with other people. And if it's a fear that you're just not acting on, the let's say the flow of energy will be stuck in your body until you resolve it. And that can be a nightmare <laughs> if you're resisting it mm. because it all manifest. So for me it manifested, um, I think it's a video that you heard, it manifested um, by I slip discs, three slip discs, L5, L4 and L3, um, MRI, mass, like I couldn't, that do anything nearly needed to have an operation because I was completely suppressing, resisting and blocking a part of my physical body but also um, how I was living externally. It wasn't matching the flow of energy within my own body, my external world. Mm-hmm. So I had to heal what was really going on and change my external world physically in order for it to continue moving up into my body. How did you change it's, that? It's a little bit crazy. Hey? How did you change that? I did everything. <laughs> I went to kinesiologist, physiotherapist, psychotherapist, every single therapist you can imagine, dance therapist, a high dance therapist. I went to yoga therapy. I went to everywhere. And then eventually I realized, and then breath work. So I realized the medical system wasn't going to help me. And I realized that I needed to actually take time out and really look at what's going on. And I just stopped my world. I stopped working for three months or whatever it was. And I asked for support and I really looked in and had to heal myself through it. So a series of one-on-one energy healings, kinesiology sessions, yoga, stopped all medication um, and just really focused on releasing that emotion and speaking my truth. Was that a a gradual healing that you experienced or was it like kind of happened really abruptly or spontaneous or no abruptly it so when it first come on I kind of was like yourself I was like really intrigued <laughs> I know I'm asking a lot of questions so watch out I was super intrigued and I um I'm a I teach meditation I, I help women embrace their sovereignty and I was seeing so many women in my presence experiencing this dynamic body movement and awakening and um, so I went, you know what, I'm going to focus purely on my body. And I, I went and I did dancing and I did yoga and I fully focused on my body. And it was too much for, um, it was too quick and I awakened it way too fast and I had suppressed shit going on in my life. And so when it awakened, um, it was completely abrupt. It was so abrupt, literally I was dancing one moment and the next moment I couldn't move my hips. And then a few weeks after that, I was at the doctor's and then the next day I was in hospital and then the next week I couldn't walk. 
So I couldn't walk, I couldn't dress myself, I couldn't, my partner was literally dressing me, I couldn't see any of my clients. All the fears that I had suppressed actually come up to the surface, so it was incredibly abrupt. Um, and then obviously, you know, the society fears as well, I got financial and I work for myself and, you know, lower back all relating to sex and intimacy and all of these things. And I'm like, shit, I've really called this for me, towards me. Um, the process of healing, I'm very intuitive, so that helps. Um, and I'm very connected to spirit um, and I am connected to my body now. So I had to... I had to be really honest and stop fighting myself, realizing that, you know, my body was in fear of fight or flight. And um, I actually had stored a lot of shock in my body as well um, and just overworked and all the conditions with society and the shadow of society and what we're meant to do and who we're meant to love. And so I had to just switch, you know, the on button, I had to switch the off button. And it was a pro, it was a, a gradual process. Um, but what had what had actually also happened was I couldn't to the point where I couldn't walk. I actually had to get a um, uh. epidural, which I really didn't want to get, and um, that threw me out completely. So I knew that the medication and the process of whatever it was that I was trying to heal my body was not the way to go for this energy, and yeah, it's just you you have to heal it emotionally. There's no other way. You have to heal it emotionally and you have to heal it spiritually. Um, so, yeah, it was gradual. It's really mm. quite gradual. But it can say to you, once I would like undress, so to speak, and de-armoured, the most profound experiences, like living from a place where these fears and these doubts and these thoughts were no longer controlling the way I live. They weren't controlling my body. I was my, completely free my body completely fluid in my body mm -hmm. um and there like I can make I can meet that with my emotional body and I can meet that with my spiritual body and it's like this orgasmic and it's quite orgasmic and you don't know when you're going to have the sensations the energy move through you where you are going to have like <laughs> you know an orgasmic experience without having anyone physically touch you through sex so it can, it, it's amazing. Like my partner's just gone, whoa, like how am I going to compete with that? <laughs> you know, amazing galactic experiences. It's been my one of my greatest gifts this lifetime to experience this um, energy physically, yeah. Mm. But it's hard. You need to harness it and you need to be really humble about why you're wanting to call it into your body. So if you're a yogi and you've been practising for many, many lifetimes and it's purely for awakening and to contribute and to heal and to love and to see you've got an intention that is in alignment with your with your higher self but if it's for anything else and that's there's no bad around that but if it's for anything else it will show you what you truly want and what you don't want if that makes sense right Makes sense. So yeah, yeah, it does. Kinds of. <laughs> I mean, it sounds a lot like. I know this is a different approach, but my work as a dance therapist, working a lot with uh, trauma survivors, it sounds a lot like yeah. if I were to move too quickly with any of my clients, you know, they would have maybe not as far as re-traumatization, but they would have these sensations in their bodies as if they're re-experiencing their trauma or their back and the, the 
the situation where they experienced their trauma. So they would experience the fight or flight or the, the freeze or the shutdown. And so, um, like, I don't know if that's at all related to what you're talking about, but that's how I am making it more make sense in my, my understanding. (laughs) Yeah. Like if we move too fast and we stir up the emotions that, um, maybe more suppressed, that can't, that cannot be denied once we start moving our bodies in certain ways because when we move our bodies, you know, there's a lot more that comes clear to us. It's Absolutely. it's going to be yeah, yeah, it's going to be revealed to us like really what what is happening. So does that yeah, sound it like it's similar? Yeah, it is. It is similar um in in the sense of bringing up what needs to bring up. Mm-hmm. be brought up in in regards to seeing where the person's at where they're storing their trauma how free they are in their body what they're suppressing how much trust they have etc in regards to the kundalini energy it is very different right so right. trauma and and kundalini very different but when if let's say the person experiences that charge of energy that charge of chi as they're dancing or as they're moving, as they're experiencing trauma, those two together probably too soon right. in that right. in that environment. Yeah, you, it needs to be harnessed and nurtured like a baby. Mm. It's like you know, I I see teachers that that just want to bring it up in people, and it's not for me. It's just you have to really honor like what you're saying, the trauma in the body and the emotional and the process. And also, like I work a lot with ancestral. It's not just the wounding this lifetime. A lot of people are carrying, you know, their ancestral ancestral patterns, you know, like their mum's shit and their father's stuff and their grandfather's stuff, all the unresolved family lineage that so lovingly gets passed on to us (laughs) so it can be quite overwhelming and for sensitive women for sensitive men often they actually don't even know what's going on when they're experiencing this trauma because they haven't had the direct physical experience that it's theirs and it's so overwhelming and quite potent so and that's that's what I mean about the cellular the cellular transformation it's not just it's not the trauma that has occurred this lifetime or perhaps in their lifetime but maybe in their mother's lifetime or their sisters or whatever so it's just being really aware that you're dealing with the person's lineage and not just the 16 year old I see this a lot with 16 year olds 16 15 year old sensitive boys and girls who are massively traumatized and they don't know why and a lot of them are so sensitive and diagnosed by psychotherapists as bipolar, et cetera, mm. and they just can't move their body. Yeah, I mean, if only they had this this different perspective, what? how different would that be, right? Yeah, absolutely. And I feel like more, um, I mean, I don't know about America, but it's um, changing. We're changing. I mean, my background is psychology, and I decided to go off and learn a little bit more about outside the box. Oh, interesting. Yeah, and that's yeah. why I was so interested in having you on because most of the people who are listening are dance therapists or somatic psychotherapists or something in that realm. And I love um, introducing different kinds of concepts because we can all go different directions in our profession. And 
integrate different kinds of theories and approaches. And so, yeah, no, thank you. Thank you for inviting me on. I know I hope, I hope that it's helped, um, but definitely different perspectives and they're all aligned. So, you know, it's all interconnected. I, I always say to my clients, you, with the physical, there's also, and I've said it a few times, I can't stress it enough. It's, it's about, um, holistic health mm-hmm. and a holistic approach, you know, and yeah, like I focus so much on what is it that the person wants and what is it that they're denying and yeah. how can they, you know, have their own needs met, needs met so that the body can relax a little bit and soften, um, and feel a little bit freer, you know, and more, more able to move and communicate. What are some practical steps that you would suggest for anybody like something to start small and slow yeah when they have had the experience of that or when they're harnessing like in regards to what I mean I know you were saying that it started as curiosity for you so even just thinking like what are the signs that yeah sure yeah Yeah. look it started for me I've been practicing since I was three years old so I was born Mm. if you like Mm. extra sensitive and quite connected and I've been healing. I've been, I heal blind dogs. I healed sick Like I've been practicing since I was little. So the curiosity though was how am I going to embody this primordial life force energy and allow myself to experience like this level of ecstasy. Um, so it was, it was, a, it was a little bit of a crazy curiosity, but I have, I've been practicing my spirituality for a long, long time. So I would say get your become very intentional just to begin with. You know, what is your intention? Because with the Shakti, with the with the Kundalini or the Chi energy, the life force basically follows your thought process. It's you, it's within you, it's it's an intelligence that actually operates within the cell. So become very intentional with what it is that you want to awaken to. And then uh, basically um breath work love breath work is so good just conscious breathing you know or visualization so um white light gold light visualization connection with nature um is always really good meditation movement meditation i love movement movement meditation is hands down one of the most effective practices that we don't like (laughs) like don't do everyone talks about meditation when you're there and you're closing your eyes but for me, it's also as important to like move when you're meditating just so that the body's also um, quite conscious. Um, dance, like just playing some music, really being a little bit more aware of what you put into your body. Mm. Water, pure water. I use oils, essential oils, because the scent is directly connected to your cells. So um, I use Young Living. Um Yeah, so it really, you know, it really just depends on the person. Like I would never want to awaken kundalini if I wasn't practicing yoga or meditation um, because it it would be too much for me to navigate physically what's going on. So, yeah, maybe like a spirit, like if you're interested in like mind-body health, mind-body-soul health, find a practitioner that can help de-armor you and really you know if you are looking at the kundalini as a possibility for yourself this lifetime um, become very intentional with your 
wanting to understand and have a relationship, more of a healthier relationship with your emotions and be ready to let them go rather than holding on to what no longer serves. Yeah, and maybe journaling for others. That that journaling doesn't so much, for me, it's more practice. For me, it's more somatic. Mm-hmm. Um, but for others, they you know, they love the journaling. And water. Or if, because how it actually manifests in the body is it manifests through kriyas. I'm not sure if you know what the word kriya is. It's like a sporadic movement. And you kind of, it's, it's like, oh, my God, like sometimes it looks like you're right getting either going through like some type of obsession because <laughs> it's completely it's completely erratic um so it manifests through erratic expression so and that's the basically that's the energy actually moving in and out of your body and it's trying to navigate through where the blocks are so the chakra you asked me before what that word actually means in sanskrit is spinning wheel it's an energy imprint of how you live your life emotionally physically spiritually sexually etc where you're storing you know your ecstasy where you're storing your abuse and so when it moves through you it actually navigates into the matrix of your physical body and your chakric body, your etheral body, to see where there's any blocks, to see where you're suppressing anything. And so the movements are quite erratic. And if you're not really blocking anything, it moves through you and you have an, you have an, a blissful, orgasmic experience where you are literally one with all of life. There's no other way to explain it. Everything is beautiful <laughs> and ecstatic. But if you're blocking, your body is convulsing and um this is from kundalini or from sorry this is from the kundalini or the the movement practice that you were no from the kundalini okay yeah it's yeah you experience that you experience the out of control body Mm -hmm. movement um because there's there's trauma there's trauma stuck in there that that is trying to find a way out of the physical cells. It's trying to find a way out. And so when this massive energy comes through, it wants to move the trauma out of you. Um, that is the intention to help you awaken the cells and transform your the cells. So I would suggest for anyone that is experiencing anything like that, find an amazing, well-skilled, someone who has experienced it themselves preferably rather than someone who has just read about it and I would also um, suggest either kundalini or tantra, probably more kundalini um, massage so that somebody can do some body work on you um, and also kriya yoga. Kriya yoga is really good. I wouldn't suggest a lot of dancing when you're going through this. In fact, I would probably suggest no dancing at all. Um, I know that that's it's like um, it's unless so it's very <laughs> Sorry, babe. Um, unless it's because when you're going through it, Dancing can be quite potent for the body to navigate with the energy because you kind of need to just be mindful. You, you don't really, you don't, you actually want to use your mind to navigate this energy rather than your body. You want your body to be free with the energy, but your mind to navigate it. You can lose, you can create, you can cause some pretty big damage otherwise to the body because if you're dancing and these sporadic movements throwing you around and I've seen it I've been through it you can I mean your body is fragile yeah you know um the dancing is amazing after so once you have the yummy experience and the and the integration and your the healing and the rest and the sleeping 
you can then dance because your body feels way more free to express itself. The trauma isn't so put into a, 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 a situation where, yeah, you're re-traumatizing it mm. and it's forced to change in that moment. So, yeah, that's just my, that's my experience, yeah. um, my recommendations, yeah. No, it's good. I love how much caution you're telling this with because it's deep work, it's serious, it's very powerful. So, I you know I appreciate mm. the caution. Yeah, and it's it's just conscious, healthy, um, taking conscious, healthy caution. Um, and all I would say to each person, like, just really feel into it yourself and see what resonates. If you want to dance, dance. If you want to, you know, I personally swam. I water. I was in water twice, three times a day, and I had a lot of body work. I was a lot of um, massage, kinesiology, and healing work, energy work just to balance the amount of chi in the body, just to regulate it. And then I went on to my dancing. Hmm. But I had to to take six months off any type of dancing movement. Wow. Um, Which was not my ideal because when I teach my women and I have my divine feminine and I do my goddess, it's actually about embracing your body and moving and, you know, moving with your sexuality, etc. So I, I I couldn't do that for six months. And I've only just started recently moving back into that. Oh, like, well, I'm glad you, a week. you're back into it. <laughs> <laughs> right, does this also, um, for people who have chronic pain, has does that have yeah. anything to do with this also? So do they have chronic pain because they've fallen and had an injury? Or have they, do they have chronic pain, you know, because... They are storing. A, right, like a there's really, no medical explanation. It really just depends. What I can say, and like when, if they, again, it always goes back to if they have experienced an awakening of some sort and they have chronic pain and, and those two are kind of merged together, there may be, um, there may be because they've had an awakening and not really know that they've got this energy through them. But it, it depends. It depends on what has been the cause of this pain for them i have so many people come to me for healings and one of the cause of pain is not necessarily because they've gone through a kundalini awakening it's because they're they're wonderfully beautifully stubborn (laughs) and they are blocking the kundalini experience (laughs) they are actually they're they're blocking it instead of going do what you want with me i need to surrender and be completely open and vulnerable my partner and I, we're just, we're completely astounded at what we see in our practice. When people walk in, with, I mean, we've seen unbelievable physical diagnosis of massive trauma and massive pain healed when the release process happens. It doesn't necessarily have anything to do with kundalini. That's amazing. Where can people find more of your work? Onelovehumanity.com or otherwise Twin Flames. So twinflame.com.au if they want more work around their intimate relationships and how to access that freedom for themselves and, and others. Um, we run workshops and retreats and we're coming to America next year. Oh, really? Where? Yeah. Well, it's so big and we've got absolutely no idea. <laughs> <laughs> People are like, come to LA, come to New York. Um, it's amazing. Like our retreats are completely full. The workshops are full. People yeah. are paying it forward, they're healthier, happier, more fulfilled. I mean, it doesn't always start off like that, truthfully. 
because sometimes you, your world needs to fall apart before it can get yep. better. But it's all the crap falling to pieces and then you can really go through your beautiful metamorphosis and cocoon your way into yeah. the transformation and find your freedom. So it's an incredible um, yeah, way to contribute. We, we love what we do. We love our clients. So Yeah, it sounds that way. Thank you for sharing it. Thank you so much for, yeah, for um, resonating and for having me on. Um, I'd love to see you in person because I can actually see what's going on in your body. It Kundalini exists in every person. It's not just a magical thing that happens to some people. It actually is in every single being on the planet. And when it's activated, it you feel it. So I'd love to give you an experience of that when I'm in America. Cool. Um, <laughs> yeah so that can that will bring some stuff up in you for sure yeah um, I've just uh quit my job like two weeks ago and I'm trying to get back into a healthier routine and get back into yoga and everything so yeah it's definitely something I've been thinking about for a while but I've just been so busy so now I'm I'm really grateful for the extra time and totally open yeah Embrace it, embrace it, because like I said, part of part of the thing for me was I was also so busy. I was so mm-hmm. busy healing and being so successful and healing everybody else that I wasn't. And this has been my biggest lesson, and all of my closest friends have said to me, this is your time now to fully pay attention because you do not want to, you do not want an experience where you lose your health for and trade it in for being busy. So I'm really happy for you. Um, You know, I don't know if you walk. Yeah. Yeah. Like even if you can't get back into yoga, walking is so good. Oh, yeah. I mean, I I work out a lot, which I know is different. And I just went (laughs) to my first yoga class Monday for the first time in a while. And actually, I tried to go this morning, my husband and I, and the there was no teacher there. So I was like, all right, there's, there's some obstacles in the way, but I am not yeah. giving up. <laughs> yeah. I'm feeling it. I'm feeling it. And yeah. I, I, I was actually feeling it when you when you're speaking about it. So I think um, <laughs> maybe, <laughs> maybe also less, less, a little bit less movement physically and a little bit more introversion and entering into the deep dark mysteries of the void and a really quiet quiet time where you've got nothing to do before you bring in the movement again Mm -hmm. it's such a sexy marriage when you (laughs) can have both it's so sexy and it works it's so healthy but we avoid we avoid it sometimes oh yeah just being busy like I know that my body is physically and also psychologically addicted to busy just because I was so much for the last, especially over the last year. So I'm kind of feeling a detox in a way and just going to be trying yeah. to get, awesome. get into it. Yeah. Awesome. I love that. <laughs> yeah. Detox from being busy. That is so good. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I can, I can totally relate. Yeah. I, I celebrate it now. Like I wasn't celebrating it before, but now I know I can never have that life again, ever. Mm. You know, I, I remember taking a day off and walking down the street, like sipping on my honey soy chai and going, what do people do when they've got nothing to do? <laughs> it's, I know. it's like, how do people live like? I actually had no comprehension idea uh, how to, even though I was teaching meditation, I was, I'm very creative. Uh, I like to create. And, um, yeah, like I look back and go, now I know exactly what to do. And that's nothing. <laughs> it's, yeah. 
Yeah, I gotta get on that. (laughs) Yeah. So I'm celebrating with you, sister. That's thank you. Yeah. Yeah. I heard you say that you were working in psychiatric wards. Is that right? Mental illness. Yeah. You asked me previously um, whether um, trauma is stuck in the body, maybe because of a Kundalini experience. What I what I will say to you is. In psychiatric, I've, I've met so many people who have come out and have gone into psychiatric wards that have had a premature Kundalini experience. Mm. The mo- I would say a lot of them have had that and haven't known how to navigate through that. Are you? So uh, more, are they presenting with more like psychotic symptoms or depression? Um, psychosis. Yeah, psychosis. yeah, psychosis. Definitely psychosis. Yeah. Um, and also... Um, not schizophrenia, but psychosis and bipolar. Yeah. Predominantly. Yeah. Um, I mean, part of the reason, one of the big reasons that I wanted to leave is just because I don't agree with like the Western medical model yeah. for yeah, yeah. psychiatry, basically. Yeah. Um, and I, I've had a lot of thoughts about, you know, what is psychosis and what if it's not, you know, this pathologized illness but it was more like an awakening and so I've had a lot of thoughts about that and I think there's um I think in on the west coast there's some kind of facility where if someone's having a psychotic episode they keep them in a safe place but they don't medicate them and they kind of just help them you know cope with it and almost wait it out like our bodies will return to homeostasis and stabilize absolutely yeah I, I choose not to work with many um, with the schizophrenic because I, I just don't feel like I can access. There are other people who have got the expertise to access what they need to for those types of beautiful humans. But I've had a lot of success with bipolar mm-hmm. and psychosis in terms of grounding <laughs> the person back into this reality, yeah. so that they yeah, so that they can make choices. Um, that are in alignment with this dimension, society, but also without having them let go of some of their creativity, whatever it is that they access that society makes so crazy. And I'm like, I don't think they're crazy. I think these are the artists. They're beautiful. Yeah. We misunderstood this societal system. You know, like, you know, it's it's insane because they don't fit into the robotic and whether it be politician or doctor or, you know, retailer, they're off creating whatever it is that they're creating in another dimension so i think for me the success has been in grounding that into the body as well Mm. so this is like let's bring all of this juicy information that you have access to and ground it um been a long process particularly in the last four five six years of me working with people like that but one of the most rewarding because they're amazing yeah. Um, so yeah, I can understand why you chose to come out of the system. We're we're trying to find a way to get in the system. Yeah. To help it. Yeah, that's tricky. There, it's pretty difficult. Yeah, yeah, in the system. Yeah, it I think that's one the of the. <laughs> it's probably one of the most like why I'm happy I'm a dance therapist because it it's kind of the closest to something a little bit more outside the box that we can actually still yeah. get into. <laughs> the the system and help people in that amazing way so yeah thanks so much thanks for coming out to the podcast thank you so much
Thanks, everyone, for listening. Thank you, Mary, for your wisdom. And everyone, if you're interested in coming to my webinar on June 26th, uh, How to Reconnect to Your Body Through Movement and Dance, a free webinar including some slides and live guided movement experiences with me, check out the podcast description. It's in the notes, and I'm going to paste that link right on top. Bye.